This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today is part of our town hall series in partnership with the Washington Indivisible Network and Indivisible Tacoma. We present an evening of conversation on education in the state of Washington with LD28 Representative Mari Levitt, who is running for re-election. This conversation was recorded live on the evening of Thursday, October 1st, as part of a panel of current and aspiring office holders here in the state. For the full conversation, go to soundcloud.com WSIP sets. We talk next with Mari Levitt. She is a representative for LD28 in position one and is vice chair for the College and Workforce Development Committee. She has a doctorate in community college leadership from Oregon State University and has worked in higher education for over 22 years as a college administrator. Representative Levitt, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? It's good to be here. It's good to see you again. And uh, unfortunately, we have limited time again. But I do want to start with a large question because you bring such specific expertise to what you do. Philosophically, as somebody who has spent her life specializing in higher education, how do you see the purpose of higher education? Is it to prepare young people uh, for the workforce? Is it to foster intellectual development? Is it to create an engaged and well-rounded citizenry? How do you see it? Yeah, and, and I would say it's all of the above. You know, we know that um, folks who have a post-secondary education of some form or another are more likely to have a higher income, and folks with higher incomes are more able to sustain and take care of their families and contribute to their community and and create strong neighbors and strong schools. And so, post-secondary education is is you know is the gateway, and whether it's a military member transitioning out of um, the military and into the civilian workforce and going back to get a trade or a degree. Um, like my father, who was a Vietnam War veteran and hadn't gone to college. And when he retired, you know, 24, 25 years later, he chose to go to Pierce College um, and get his degree. And he graduated when I graduated from high school from Pierce College. And then he went on to Central Washington University and and um, the, which is the local chapter, the local campus um, in the community and, and get his degree. And so, you know, whether it's uh, 18 year olds kind of coming out and figuring out what they wanna do or whether it's a, a military veteran or a, a worker who needs to go back um, to for retraining out of interest or out of necessary, post-secondary education really is the opportunity and the pathway um, for folks to reach their potential. And we know that. And the other thing I would say about post-secondary education, you're seeing this in COVID. Those with some form of a degree um, are more likely to have been able to retain their jobs and are more likely to be the ones who were able to work from home um, and to be able to um, be okay during a really difficult pandemic. And so post-secondary education is, is critical. And beyond just for me saying that it's critical, we know that the jobs in the future, in order to meet the workforce shortage that we're going to have, um, folks need some kind of skill and employers and businesses are needing folks to participate in a um, apprenticeship program or a, some kind of pathway. So really post-secondary education is the key to, to reaching potential and community success. Well, by all those metrics that you mentioned here in 2020, how are we doing? What are we doing well in Washington? Where are we coming up short? Yeah, you know, so Washington State is one of the strongest community and technical colleges um, as a system in, in the union. 
Uh, Washington State does an excellent job of making sure we have community and technical colleges in our rural areas and in our urban areas. And um, as a strong system, they're able to partner with each other on programs. You know, I'm fortunate to have five public institutions within my county, Clover Park, Bates, Tacoma Community College, Pierce, and University of Washington, Tacoma. And they work collaboratively together on programs so that there's not massive duplication of the same program unless there's a need, unless industry has determined that there's a high need and then they work together. And so I think we what we do well is we, we work collaboratively across the systems, whether it's the State Board for Community and Technical Colleges or whether it's our public baccalaureate institutions working well with our community colleges, or even the independent colleges of Washington who work well with our partners to do that. So I think we do that well in making sure that we're partnering with our business and industry. What we don't do well, um, you know, one that we've made some great stride and I think we need to continue was affordability, um, college affordability, and expanding our career and technical education and helping our communities understand the value added to career and technical education. So we really did a robust focus on it this past term and we need to continue to do that in partnering with our K through 12 school districts because not every student um, who's a younger student is interested in a baccalaureate traditional kind of degree and nor should they be and nor do we need them to be. We need skill sets across the board. And so partnering together, I think, is, is going to be critical. Um, and again, I mentioned access and affordability. And then I'll give a good example of, of the attainment. So there's what's called an attainment goal, and it's about how what percentage in Washington State do we want folks to have some form of post-secondary education. And our goal is getting to 70. In Pierce County, we're at 37.5. And we are one of the... the you know, lowest counties in the top 10, if you will. And I was at a conference in Colorado this past term and, and we were talking about the attainment goals and, and how critical those are to making sure we have robust communities. And, and of course, the competitive part of me said, well, where's Pierce County in this matrix? So I started adding up, you know, looking at with the top to the bottom and where we fit and we're not impressive, um, unfortunately. And so there's a lot of work to do to, to help and um, build those programs to get to those attainment goals. One of the things that you backed was the Workforce Education Investment Act, um, and and that relates to uh, students being forced to take on often huge amounts of debt. We we really kind of hobble our students right out of the gate. So, like I say, the state has taken some action. Any thoughts on what else can be done to alleviate some of this this burden that that of college debt that we saddle our students with? Yeah. So across the country, there's 1.3 trillion is a number I've heard. Um, for folks who are in um, student debt. And in Washington state, over 800,000 folks um, and students have some form of debt. And so we really took a look this past term and we'll continue to do some work on student debt, whether it's requiring, taking a look at requiring the FAFSA. We leave dollars on the table. Families leave dollars on the table when they're not completing the FAFSA. And I can't help but put in a plug because we're you right around the FAFSA. FAFSA is? Yeah. Um, and the FAFSA is a financial aid um, form that students can fill out in high school to determine if they're eligible for additional dollars. Scholarships are, are based on whether you filled out that form. Loans often are based on, you know, low interest rates based on whether you filled out that form. Grants are based on whether a family has filled out that form. And thousands of students across our state don't fill it out. It's no cost. Um, it's a it's an easy form to fill out. It's a little bit of burden for a lot of return. So making sure that our school districts are really encouraging students to do FAFSA. In fact, some states have 
gone, including Oregon, to a requirement um, that every student re be required to fill out that form before they graduate. We haven't gotten there yet, but we're working with our K through 12 partners to make sure that they're really working hard to, to do that. Another thing we've talked about for our undocumented students, undocumented students haven't been able, they're not able to get grants. They're not eligible for the Washington College grant. And just until last year, they weren't even able to um, apply for loans. Um, that they'll have to pay back at a certain percentage. And so we passed a bill that allows our undocumented students to get loans in order to be able to go to college to expand that access at um, you know, reasonable interest rates. Um, in the Washington you know, the, the, um, Investment Act, we talked about during some loan remodeling and, and lowering interest rates um, for folks. And so there are a variety of ways. And then in addition to transparency of cost, right? Students need to know, and, and I proposed a bill of transparency and, and patterned after Utah um, and some other states that required institutions to fess up what the cost is of a program for students going in because it's expensive. And if a student or a family, when you're sitting at the kitchen table, you want to know what you're going into and what the costs are, whether you're going to be a welder and go to a community technical college for a welding program, which are fabulous, or whether you're going to go on um, to you know, a particular biomedical or engineering degree, it's important for you to know what you're in for and what you can reasonably afford and then make a conscious and aware decision if that's the right thing for you and your family. So there are a variety of things that states across our, um, our union are working on, including Washington State, because we know student debt is a, is a horrific burden that we need to provide barrier, remove those barriers for our families. In the remaining seconds that we have left, I will just ask you, what, what are some of the challenges that you foresee in the 2021 legislative session on post-secondary uh, education? Yeah, I think anybody in the community technical colleges and, and um, um, oh, Superintendent Reichdell could certainly tell you about um, what the community technical college system went through during the recession in 20, 2008, 2009, and they have never gotten back. We just made some progress through the Washington um, Education Investment Act to you know, get salaries for nursing faculty up and to get some dollars infused through our advising models and student success models um, to shore up some of the gaps we've had over the period of years. And we were getting close and COVID hit. And here we are now with a four to $5 billion um, deficit, not it's half as much as it used to be, which is grateful. Um, it used to be 9 billion as of just a few weeks ago, what we thought we were gonna do. But post-secondary education, unfortunately, is a discretionary dollar item in our state budget. You know, 50% plus is, is constitutionally mandated. And so post-secondary education, you know, we heard from central Washington, they're laying off folks in housing and some of the auxiliary services like dining um, right now. We just got a notice from the, the president um, that folks are being laid off. I think programs um, who may not meet industry need any longer are probably going to be, um, you know, put on the shelf and staff are being furloughed um, for periods of time. And so it's going to have a negative impact of, of providing opportunity. And when unemployment is high, we need those robust worker retraining programs to get people back to work. Yeah, even with the revised budget forecast that you mentioned, it's still going to be a very, very difficult year. I want to thank you for joining us, of course. Uh, where can people learn more? What's your, your website for your campaign? Yeah, so please, and thank you so much for being here. And please go to marilevitt.com and you can find out how to get involved in our campaign. And we'd love to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Representative Mari Levitt, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. 
Thanks again to Representative Mari Levitt. Thanks also to Kat Pipkin with the Washington Indivisible Network and Julie Anjievsky with Indivisible Tacoma. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Thanks this week to Catherine Fysiers. Special thanks to Lori Caldwell. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.